joining us today. My name is Jordi Mueller, and today we are having Danielle Benarouche Gutsman. She is a certified wellness and self care coach, and uh, she hosted our January Understanding and Making Time for Self Care uh, Empower Women series event. How are you doing, Danielle? I'm great. How are you, Jordi? I'm doing great. Um, I'll be completely candid. This is the third time we try recording this interview, and for some reason, <laughs> I have messed up every time. So I've, I'll I'll try to keep my energy level at the same as the first two, but uh, it should be okay. Um, for those people that that have not had the amazing pleasure of meeting Danielle, uh, she she is one of those human beings that radi- radiates. Uh, a little bit of peacefulness when when you're talking to her it makes you extremely conscious about yourself energy the one that you are projecting outside you so it's a great quality she has and and i'm sure it's something that you have acquired through time not necessarily we're born with this um so i i was i wanted to start maybe if you could give us a quick 90 seconds of how did you come into this world of mindfulness being conscious of how you project yourself and, and try to keep up a, a balanced energy around you? Through trial and error, definitely. I must say, at a certain point in my life, there were moments where I realized I wanted to be doing a better job embodying grace. And, um, you know, as is the case with many things in life, when you set your mind to something, the world sort of starts shaping around you to help you meet your goal. So for me, um, the things that came to me were mindfulness and mindfulness yielded to, to self care and self care yielded to a real a variety of things, a whole world of options where learning to put your oxygen mask on first so you can be better for those around you um, kind of was the foundation for what led me to where I am today. For those um, for those who were able to attend the event uh, at the beginning of January, we gave away Dan Harris's book, or I guess Danielle gave away this book. Um, I don't know if you want to tell a little bit of his story and why it was so kind of like uh, perfect for the crowd that has not been necessarily involved with mindfulness. So, yeah, Dan Harris was a news correspondent for a major network, and he had an on-air, very public breakdown one day and realized he needed to make some changes in his life. And living a high-pressure life and sort of prioritizing all of the things that society emphasizes um, sort of worked out in a way that that uh, caused him to reassess his life. And consequently, he turned towards mindfulness. And what I really like about Dan Harris is he makes this concept available to the person who would not necessarily be inclined to think that way. So for a lot of people that think, what is mindfulness? What is meditation? It's, you know, sitting cross-legged with in lotus position and beads around my neck and saying, Om, Dan Harris came along to sort of remind everybody that no, not necessarily. Mindfulness can be anything you want it to be. Um, so he took it to the masses, which I really appreciate. And we, he wrote a, a second book recently, which is the one that we gave out. The first book was 10% Happier. So uh, thank you for explaining that. I personally meditate uh, once a day, or at least that's my goal, uh, to, to have it once a day, and it has definitely changed my life. Um, the one thing that I wanted to ask you in 
in I guess in a different way is is there are there signs when somebody kind of needs or or, or could be really a benefit uh, for them to start this kind of practice and I'll tell you why I did not know I needed it yes I, I did not know it was something that would benefit me it was introduced well, by a friend and then after that it became so essential to my being present in the moment and what was the thing for you what was the that first moment that said to you today's going to be the day that I'm gonna try it there was a moment uh, I'm, there was a couple of moments one was I couldn't transition from being focused in a in a in a situation where I needed my focus and my situation was work uh, present I, I needed to be a hundred percent there making decisions high level but I needed to transition within half an hour to be training at a professional level with tennis and I needed to be focused and present at that moment and that transition sometimes I didn't have enough time to like turn off and turn on and meditation has done that for me meditation is has taught me to pause, <laughs> has taught me to be conscious about how my body feels, conscious about what energies are affecting my thought processes in other areas. Um, so it just kind of like gives me a pause. Uh, so that's, at least that's my personal experience. That's, no, that's, that's actually quite perfect and really applicable. Um, you ask, you know, what is the moment or are there certain signs that lend themselves towards knowing whether or not you might be a candidate? I would say transitions is the, is the perfect way to put it. If you find yourself struggling between constant transitions, then meditation or mindfulness or mindfulness and meditation, either one, they are sometimes interchangeable. Hmm. Are, it is it is the perfect it is the perfect tool to help you move from one task to another and in a world where so many things demand so many different elements of us and aspects meditation is the thing that teaches you how to really truly make the most of every breath and take yourself into your next thing whatever it is the way that you want to be, um, finding your best self. You can meditate on anything. That's sort of what I love about it is you can ask a question or you can sort of put a wish out there and you can learn how to breathe into it. There are guided meditations, which I love where you can go from a thematic perspective, like how to spend a moment in gratitude and they say gratitude yields more gratitude and you think well I don't I don't feel very grateful right now so you can sometimes find a gratitude meditation and be there and you finish and you feel really close to your own gratitude which helps you kind of cultivate more so so let um, me let me ask you something about kind of like you just stumble into it which was acknowledging that I'm not grateful right now so I need this I think that is such a huge step which is literally taking the time to acknowledge in the right in what mindset you are in and then finding the resource to go to the different mindset that you want to be on because it is a, yes. a work in progress. You're right. And and I think that's the other misconception about meditation is sitting there many people who aren't terribly familiar with it think that they need to have the element of whatever it is that they're seeking before they start. So what I mean by that is they think they need to be peaceful in order to meditate 
to become more peaceful. And they think they need to be abundant in order to meditate on abundance or be feel loving in order to meditate on feeling loving. But what actually happens is that you meditate and acknowledge who you are in that moment and you give yourself love and acceptance for yourself in that state. And the meditation takes you to where you feel you would like to be. So you end every meditation kind of a different or better version of who you were to begin with and realize that everything that you are coming out of it with, you always had inside of you to begin with, which is a really lovely journey to go on, whether it's a two minute meditation or an hour. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, I, I think that's gonna resonate with people. Like the the going from stage one to stage two is doesn't mean that you have to be uh, knowledgeable about this. It's just a matter of starting. Um, I, I do want to touch a couple of points, and this is completely based on the feedback from the people that came out of the event, and they were talking about this. And I, and I was wondering if you could explain to the people listening what it means. This is the concept of giving yourself permission to say no. Um, yeah. or permission for a couple of things, like giving yourself permission. Did you ex can you expand on that concept for a second? Sure. It was, we had talked about the permission to give, to, the permission to give yourself permission to say no. Um, what we talked about was how several years ago there was this huge movement, particularly for women, to say yes, say yes, jump in and say yes, and the world will rise to meet you. And I think everyone really did a great job of taking that seriously. But now we're in a place where we're being asked to make so many decisions all day long. Click on this video, read this article, browse my Instagram feed, like my Facebook page. And it's yes, 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 yes. And you think what I had said in our talk was, you know, you're giving 10 seconds here or 20 seconds or 30 seconds or two minutes for this video. And at the end, you've said yes to so many little things. And you realize you've lost all of this time to something that's not terribly noticeable. And you don't know what you lost your time on or you don't know what you spent your time on. And now there's this movement in the opposite direction to say no to give yourself permission to say no. There's one um, publisher that I really like, and she she talks about how she does everything now on a happiness scale. And if she's got something in her agenda or her calendar that doesn't register for her in her heart, that's not mandatory, like a social engagement, and it doesn't come up for her as an eight or a nine on the 10 scale, she cancels it. And I love that. I mean, you know, it's quite, it's quite a luxury, but oh, um, just I love hearing little things like this because, again, it sort of gives way to this concept of permission. Like, oh, here's a successful female or a successful person out in the world who has decided that because she said yes to so many things that now she's really only going to say yes to the to the nines and the tens or the awesome. sevens and the eights and nothing below, you know. I wonder. So, I wonder where my email for the third time for recording this came through in that scale for you. <laughs> actually, I it was fine. It, I would definitely put it at an eight or higher. I was not bothered. Oh, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, an, another point that I wanted to talk about. Uh, that I heard that it was very interesting for me was the difference between a left and right brain person and, uh, yes. and what that means when, when you come into the world of meditation and mindfulness. So 
So the left brain person is somebody who is a little bit more type A, somebody who wants structure, somebody who maybe if they're doing a silent meditation might really struggle with, am I doing this right? What am I, what am I supposed to be thinking? How am I supposed to be breathing? Am I sitting properly? Versus the right brain person who is a little bit more, say, creative or artistic or freewheeling, they might be able to sit in a non-guided meditation um, they might choose a guided meditation as well. We had talked about the left brain person sort of beginning with something like headspace, um, where it's very easy to do. Um, it's a short eight minute guided meditation, giving you bullet points as to how you want to go into it. We talked about many other options as well, but for a left brain person coming into it with structure and the Headspace app is perfect for that. And you can try it for free for maybe a week or a month. I can't recall. Um, versus the right brain person who might go onto YouTube and type in happiness meditation and do that, which is say they'll find a nine minute one, or maybe they have 20 minutes they'd like to use something that's a bit more amorphous or guided, but not exactly as structured. We also talked about for the left brain person, there's a woman named Byron Katie who talks about something called the work. And it's a series of four questions that you ask yourself as you go through meditative processes as something that's sitting with you and not feeling great asking yourself is it true what can I do to make it feel better there's four questions and I won't go through all of them but that's a left-brained approach um so there is something for everybody and that's you know usually what I work with my clients on to help them figure out how to come into it and not feel like they're doing it wrong because there's not a wrong in meditation or mindfulness just an awareness Cool. Um, I, in the first conversation we had, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I was listening to it and I, I wanted to make sure we talk about this because I found it extremely insightful, which is once you start actually meditating uh, and just being mindful of your surrounding, your perspective on issues and your perspective on other people's issues changes changes yes. drastically. Um, you talk a little bit about the example of when somebody is inside a hole or digging their own hole. If you are that person that just says, I'm going to jump into the hole and try to get them out of there, it not, it, it's not going to work if you're not in a good base, in a good place yourself. Um, and you talk about you need to start doing this also as a mechanism to help others where you are in a I would say balance uh, standpoint before outreaching and help. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It's it's the oxygen mask um, analogy. Yeah. Or this one was from Brene Brown, who I love, and she's a, a vulnerability researcher at the University of Houston. You've probably heard of her before. Mm -hmm. um, she talks about how if your friend has fallen into a hole you're not going to be of any help to them if you jump in after them. But if you put on a harness and anchor yourself, you can go down there and either get them and bring them up with you, or you can go down and deliver them the tools that they need to come out of the hole themselves. But you have to make sure that your harness is properly 
situated and that you're properly situated and then you're an asset to that person. So that's really the overall goal with it. You did such a better job than me explaining that. Um, so <laughs> thank you for <laughs> that. Um, okay, so uh, just to close it out, I wanted to to have some kind of like takeaways from the people listening that, that they can put in practice right away and but also touch the health benefits of this. Because uh, I am aware there are really health, like general health benefits uh, that have been proved. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the health benefits and then maybe talk, mention a couple of mechanisms to just get inside the practice and start. Well, the health benefits, thats a, I could talk for an hour on that easily, but, you know, well, meditation well, is, is so powerful just from there's something called quantum physics. And if you're not familiar with it, it's worth Googling, but it's basically the power of thought in conjunction with how your body works. So you hear a lot about people healing themselves through prayer. This is kind of a, an offshoot of that, or the prayer is an offshoot of this. Um, it's about being in a mind space that is productive enough to help you calm yourself. And then you end up with innumerable benefits, weight loss, blood pressure changes, lower cholesterol, calmness, stress levels, cortisol levels. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to go too far down that path because you've gotten me on an excited topic, but <laughs> suffice to say the, the health benefits are more than I can say in a short bit of time, but yes, there are many. So yes for that. And, um, and in terms of how a good I'll, way to get started, yes, sorry. I'll share some, I mean, just, just for the listeners, Arshil, I'll share one that, that was kind of noticeable in my life, which was yes. sleeping. Ah, yes, indeed, for, for me, sure. Yeah, so sleeping was a big change. Uh, I don't know if I was sleeping more, but I was definitely sleeping better and faster. I, Did you meditate at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day so, or when? And I guess I'll just share this as personal as well, but it, it, I don't mind at all. Um, I write every, probably every night, uh, if not very often, uh, what I'm thankful for for the day. or ah. And then I kind of fall asleep doing it or thinking about it. And it happens very fast. Um, yes. Yes. So, so that's one thing that I do. My meditation is usually in the afternoon, um, although I would love to do it in the morning, but I don't. Um, so I do it in the afternoon. But then before night, this happens. And for me, it was a big change. I was a guy that couldn't go to bed. I had a million thoughts in my head. And, <sighs> and this changed drastically. Yes, um, yeah. and it will. It does. There are many people that will meditate right before bed. Some people say it's great to meditate first, first thing in the morning before you've started formulating many thoughts. But as the body slows down at the end of the day, that's an option as well. But I like to say there's really no bad time. And the more you do it, the more easily you transition into a meditative state. You can just close your eyes and instantly start to meditate. So it does vary. Awesome. Um, and then you asked me one other question. Yeah, but uh, uh, like really a couple of take like takeaways that people can start doing uh, right now. Yes. So breath work is easy. One thing that we talked about in our talk together was this four, seven, eight breaths. And you inhale for on the count of four. You hold it for seven counts and then you exhale for eight counts. And if you do this four to six times consecutively, it 
instantly lowers your heart rate and it calms you. It's a wonderful beginning practice. And it's also really good if you're sort of in a, in a stressful office situation or in traffic, you can always pull out the four, seven, eight breath and no one even knows you're doing it because you can do it with your eyes open. And it's weird Um, guys. It works. (laughs) It totally works. I have had moments where I was shaking before. Maybe I'm going up to give a huge talk or I've got just something that's kind of unrattled me and I I have no choice in that moment because I can't close my eyes and plop into a meditation if my four, seven, eight breath has saved me more than once. Um, yeah, so fir- that's a great start. Yeah, the first guy that I heard that was doing that, I don't know if you, you know him, is Wim Hof. It's called Iceman. And uh, you probably heard him. He, through breathing and, and, and respiration exercises, uh, he's able to sustain his body temperature in cold weather. And, uh, oh my gosh, that's amazing, but I believe yeah. it. Yeah, it's fascinating. So another person to research, I guess, for you. <laughs> yes, indeed. No, yeah. I heard about it initially through Dr. Andrew Wheel. Um, oh. He's a functional medicine doctor who I really love. Awesome. Um, and the other thing you can do is, as I mentioned, if you're if you're a more right brain person, just literally type into into YouTube something you feel like you'd like to be guided on. You know, I'm feeling a little sad today. Depression for sadness. I'm sorry, meditation for sadness. Or um, I'm feeling, you know, a little bit lost. Depression. Why do I keep saying that word? (laughs) Meditation. Meditation for um, feeling for uplift, feeling uplifted or meditation for purpose is another one. There are many there. Um, I'm feeling a little bit resentful towards my next door neighbor meditation for loving kindness, you know, ways to send them positive thoughts so that the next time you're looking at them, you don't have to be thinking to yourself, do they know that I'm frustrated with them? Because what you'll really be thinking is, I sent you loving thoughts this morning, so I know I'm good, and I know that we're both good, and we'll work it out. So, you know, a variety of things. So that's, <laughs> that's one thing that, that my, my right-brainers can do. Yeah. And for the left-brain people, I would give Headspace a shot. I would just sign up for the free period and see what it feels like to you. Yeah, Headspace is extremely popular, and... Uh... And a lot of people, uh, I think the statistics on how many people do not delete it from their phone is pretty high. So that should say something about it. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yes, yes. Danielle, I cannot thank you enough for your time for the third time. uh, I got to share that Danielle is going to be back in May for the another Empower Women Series event after her really, really successful uh, event here in January. So please sign up. Um, if we get more than 20 people, we'll move somewhere else. Uh, this is exclusively for women. Uh, and Danielle, if you, if you want to say something to close, uh, here it is. Thank you for having me, Jordi. I'm so glad to get to talk to you again. You know, it's secretly, it's kind of fun to keep getting to talk about it. So I'm glad glad we've had the chance. It's not so secret right now. Um, Well, thank you. And please follow Danielle. I'll I'll share the information on the notes of this podcast if you want to look for her. Uh, She's definitely taking clients in. Um, Actually, some of us internally have uh, definitely started meeting with her. Uh, we, We find a lot of value on what she has to add to our lives and uh so thank you thank you so much jordy <laughs> bye bye Daniel. bye take care